Welcome to Life Church Podcasts. We know you'll be blessed by this message. Uh, they've called a day of prayer and fasting on Tuesday, the 12th, which is this Tuesday. So uh, I guess it's not too late to announce that, is it? You don't have to prepare to fast, you don't have to do anything. It's not like you've got to get your meals already or something, you just don't have them. It's easy. <laughs> Praise God. If you want to lose weight, fasting's a great idea. Uh, definitely works, I can guarantee that. So, um, but if you can, even, you know, you can fast a meal, there's different ways of doing it. I know when you're, when you're a mum with kids running around and all that, it's hard and it doesn't fit for everyone. It's not easy for everyone, but if you can, it's a great thing to do. Or even a meal or just to set a time aside to pray on that day for... Uh, what's going on in our nation for the vote that is uh, happening. And, uh, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll, it's interesting. But anyway, I won't say any more on that. So life is full of surprises, isn't it? It is absolutely full of surprises. And uh, you never know what's going to happen from one day to the next, from one week to the next, one hour to the next at times. You just never, ever, ever know. But uh, I'm glad that God's on the throne and he knows what's going on. Eh? So if you want to follow along today, uh, you could turn to the book of Genesis in chapter 11. And uh, I just want to pray for you all this morning as we get into the, uh, the word of God. So, Lord, we honour you today. We thank you for your word. Lord, your word, we believe, is truthful, every word of it. Lord, it uh, just sets out the very clear boundaries for our lives. Lord, your principles, your God, principles are espoused all the way through the book. And we just ask that you would bless the word to us today. Lord, for those that just need you to... Touch their lives today, Lord, for those that have big needs. I just pray as we go through and just talk about the things your word says, that you will minister to each of them today. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So, uh, uh, yeah, you never know, do you? i got a little, uh, little photo off... Uh, Stacy on the other day, didn't we? And so she came out of one of the rooms in their house and there was little Lily in the passageway with a drink of milk. Stacy said, where did you get that? The head went down and the looks went all funny and had no answers. And when Stacy got out to the kitchen, there was the milk carton on the floor with the lid off. And there's milk everywhere. <laughs> and so... She poured it, but uh, got a bit of learning to do there. So, <laughs> uh, praise God! It's funny when we're caught, what our answers are sometimes, isn't it? And uh, she didn't have one. And uh, you think back to uh, Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned, and God said, "Hey, what's going on here?" 
wasn't my fault, Adam says, nothing to do with me. It's this woman you gave me, that's the problem. <laughs> she said, me, it's not my fault, it's the snake, yeah. We've been blaming him ever since, haven't we? But uh, it's, it's interesting. But Genesis chapter 11, let me read you just four verses. Read some more verses later as we go along. Read quite a few verses here and there this morning. So this is a fruit salad message this morning, if you know what that means. That's uh, it's a bit of everything thrown in. So uh, uh, trifle, it's a bit of everything thrown in too, isn't it? And all mixed up. It's a bit like that. It's, uh, yeah. So Genesis 11, 1, now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. And they, then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. So I'll read, as I said, a little bit further later on. But uh, God uh, brought a flood on the earth in judgment of sin. And uh, uh, the whole earth, the Bible says, the whole earth was covered with water, the all the subterranean water, the, the earth split and plates all shifted and, you know, it was a big catastrophic flood that covered the whole earth and uh, after the flood waters had gone down, there was mountains that probably didn't exist before the flood. The whole landscape of the earth had changed and, uh, and every living thing was destroyed and... Uh, uh, is that true? Well, we believe the Bible is true and what the Bible says is correct. And what you would expect to find if you had a catastrophic event like that with sudden, uh, like a lot of living creatures, men, women, dinosaurs, anything included, would have been buried very suddenly. And so you would expect to find fossils all over the earth. And... Uh, at differing levels according to what they were and how well they swam, etc., 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 and what you find all over the earth is exactly that. Uh, the evidence absolutely fits what the Bible says very, very, very accurately, and uh, what we're taught in schools these days as fact um, is still evolving itself. They, they haven't got it right. They've got no idea what really happened because they weren't there. And uh, I think I've told you before, we were told uh, that uh, over millions and millions and millions of years, dust slowly covered up all, all the animals that died. And over millions of years, they were compressed and become fossils. And, uh, and I'm not the smartest tool on the block, let me tell you, you know, I'm only sort of, the only thing I've ever been real good at is riding motorbikes, Jeff, and I'm, I'm not that smart, but I remember saying to the teacher, that's a load of wallop, don't you defy me, he said, I said, well, I am, <laughs> like I said, the cows die on the farm, and we've all got noses, so they don't stink, we tie them right up the back near the bush, and 
and uh, they rot away there in a couple of years there's nothing left a few bones and after you know like they don't get covered up over me in years that's just a load of and it is and so then a few years later they had this amazing discovery that they were all covered up by catastrophic burial it's amazing isn't it and, and uh, yeah anyway I won't go there <laughs> But Noah come and uh, God yeah, flooded the earth in judgment and uh, Noah built an ark. We all know the story and two of every kind of animal, seven of others were on the ark. And so the flood um, subsided, the rain stopped and the flood subsided and we know that the ark didn't rest on Mount Ararat. That's not what the Bible says. It rested on the mountains of Ararat, so somewhere up there that rested on a mountain and uh, uh, eventually Noah and the people, you know, his sons and their wives got off the ark and so life began again on the earth and uh, so Noah's sons and their wives did what uh, men and women do and children arrived and so then more children arrived and more children arrived and the earth started to repopulate again. And so the people made their way from the mountainous country and they headed east. And um, uh, the Bible tells us there that they had one language, obviously, common speech, and they found a plain, uh, a level piece of ground which obviously would have been more fertile and than rocky mountain country that we know it is up there and they thought this is a nice suitable place here and so uh, they made bricks and uh, uh, baked them thoroughly. Well, some food gets baked thoroughly at times doesn't it and uh, but they said come let us build ourselves a city and a tower and often when we uh, talk about Babel, we think, well, there's a tower, you know, it was a city more, more so than a tower, and uh, that reached into the heavens. Well, um, it's probably, probably figurative of speech. I don't, uh, no one knows how high it was, um, but I would think, and I'll explain last, later on why I think it was probably a, 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 um, an impressive structure, as, as such, you know, as buildings go especially for that time back then. And, uh, uh, but they made themselves a city and a tower. And so may I ask you a question, may I ask myself a question that I can answer for you. Why did the people build the city with a tower? And Because uh, the, the tower's an interesting question. Like people say, well, they built a, a tower so that if God flooded the earth again, they wouldn't get flooded. Really? Well, they've come from a high mountain ranges down to a plain and they know that the water covered the mountains and I can guarantee you that what they built wasn't higher than the mountains, so I'm pretty sure that's not what it was about. Um, my guess, and it doesn't tell you, scripture, there's something scripture doesn't tell us. Um, it, it would be interesting to know. I, I think probably it was some sort of astrology or worship um, of someone or something that wasn't God, um, I'm pretty certain of that. Um, and it reached into the heavens, well, it went up nice and high, it was an impressive structure. But, you know, we do that all the time today, don't we? And uh, we, we do, we really do. Like religious people have always been 
uh, ones to go up and uh, I remember walking around Geelong one day with Pam and looking at all the churches and so the the uh, Methodists would build a church and they put a big steeple this high so then the Catholics would build one and they'd make sure it was higher than that and then uh, the Presbyterians would build one or the Anglicans and they'd put a higher one than that and everyone wants to have the highest steeple in, you know, we, people are funny and these people were no different. So, uh, uh, yeah, very interesting. So they built this tower. And so, but why did they build the city? What, what were they doing when they did this? I don't think it was to protect themselves from a flood at all. I think the first reason that they did it was because they were rebellious against God. Very clearly, and I'll show you from scripture why I think that today. But the, you know, what these people were really saying to God, and, and remember, this is not a long time since the flood. And Noah knew God. God talked with Noah. Like he personally knew God. And I would suggest that probably Mrs. Noah knew God too. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he told Noah to build an ark and the world would be flooded, and it was. And so what God said happened like his children, they knew God, they knew what God said was truth, they knew the word of God, they'd experienced God in an amazing way, but these people now are really saying to God, well, we will not do what you ask us to do. They were rebellious in, in, in their whole attitude. We're going to do what we want to do. I'm not going to do what you want us to do. You destroyed everything in a flood. Well, we're going to show you a thing or two what we can do. And uh, we all know the futility of trying to impress God by what we build. It does not impress him. And uh, uh, that was the attitude they have. Basically, we don't need you in our lives. Uh, and they were disobedient mixed in with that. And there's not a whole lot of difference between the two. But if we go back some chapters, that was chapter 11. If we go back, back to chapter 9, we pick up where Noah first got off the ark. And it says, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And in verse 7 again you will read, And you... Be fruitful and multiply, increase greatly on the earth and multiply in it. And what God meant when he said to multiply the earth and fill the earth was actually to move out from where they were and start to cover the earth, start to go to all the places on the earth and populate the earth again. He didn't say just stay here, stay together, don't go anywhere, just stay here and he said, go. It's like us. We've been told to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So it's okay to preach it here, but we need to preach it and work and out and, you know, all over the place and in nations where it's not known. It's what God's command was. Go, scatter from here. Just off you go. Scatter. Go and populate the earth and go. And they hadn't done that. And in gathering together and building a city and putting on a big show, and they, they were actually very disobedient to what God had commanded them to do and to be. And uh, rebelliousness and disobedience doesn't certainly impress God, and it doesn't get you very far, and they were being very silly by what they were doing. And so that, that was their response. Come, let's build ourselves a city. We're not scattering anywhere. Um, you know, we're not going to do that. 
uh, we're not going to do that. Uh, in verse 4 it says, or we will be scattered over the face of the earth, which was what God said to do. And so we're not doing what God said. Absolute disobedience and rebelliousness, that was the first reason they built the city. And uh, But, you know, I, I just a little mystery tour through the scriptures, you know, I, it reveals God to us. And in the New Testament, Paul writes about the foreknowledge of God. And back here we see the foreknowledge of God straight away after the flood. Uh, and we've got to go back further back, which I do a lot when I preach. I start somewhere and go back, but it's, yeah. I can't read the whole lot, otherwise... In about six Sundays, I'd have read all the verses and then we'd have to start and preach. So we've got to leave some bits out. But uh, Genesis chapter 8 in verse 20, it says this, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, this is after they got off the ark, and uh, took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. There you go. These people had just got off the ark, but God knew the human heart, after sin had entered originally, was always going to have the uh, propensity to be evil. And uh, so God wasn't shocked when evil things happened and bad things happened. God knew these things were going to happen. Jeremiah 17, 9, you probably know the verse well, but the heart is deceitful above all things. You think, wow, really? My heart? Well, without Christ it can be, and we need to be aware of that. Desperately sick, it says in Jeremiah, who can understand it? So... You know, we, we understand and know the foreknowledge of God. God knows what is going to happen. And which is, you know, one of the reasons in belonging to him is such a secure and wonderful thing because I don't know what's going to happen. How, how do I know what to prepare or what to do or what to be in life? But God knows. And if we will trust him, wow, we live in an amazing position. We really do. And so we see there the foreknowledge of God, but then we see something else. We see the uh, uh, something else here is mercy and his grace. And we've already seen, you know, the first mention of grace in scriptures was with Noah. And God saw the wickedness of the earth, but, he, but it says back a few chapters back, but Noah found grace. In the sight of God. First mention of grace in the scriptures. And now it might not say mercy and it might not say grace, but we see it in the scriptures, the mercy and the grace of God coming out. So God in his foreknowledge knew that man was going to sin, but this is what he said, neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. So even though he knew what man was going to do, he said, I'm not going to do that again. And he had mercy and he showed grace to mankind way, way, way back there, a long time before he ever come and died on the cross. And then he made this incredible promise in verse 22 of chapter 8. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. 
What an amazing promise that is. And so today, I believe the word of God. I believe when God said that, that's what he meant. You could study it for a hundred years and try and get it to say something else. And I guess if you closely looked at it, you could probably do that. People can come up with anything if they're clever, but it's what it says and it's how it reads. God said, winter, summer, autumn, spring, as long as earth remains, you're going to have them. So uh, I read the book of Job and, you know, Job was sort of (laughs) whinging to God and he wasn't happy a few times with what was going on, although he was a great man. And, and, uh, and some of these friends were giving him all this profound advice, which was quite ridiculous, some of it, as to why all these things had happened to him. But God did ask him, didn't he? You know, Talking about wisdom, and God said, well, where were you? When I put the water and set its boundaries and said, no further, it's as far as you go and made the oceans. And then you have brilliant professors and scientists today who tell us that, yeah, a few years ago they were saying in 11 years Sydney Harbour was going to be completely, all the buildings are going to be, you know, amazing, isn't it? And there's not enough water in the earth to do that. So, you know, it's crazy. But um, I was interested to read a few days ago that uh, I didn't know, but way, way, way back in... Uh, when the convicts were at Port Arthur in Tasmania, um, there was an English geologist that visited there, sailed his ship in there, and, uh, and he was, he was uh, trying to find out about water levels, sea levels back then. So he has put a mark on the rocks there, a uh, very distinct, deliberate, was chiselled into the rocks to measure sea levels, and apparently scientists have been studying it uh, recently and they have found, if anything, that the levels may have come up by 0.0016 of a millimetre, which is about that. I mean, seriously, like, it's, just, it's such a joke what people come up with today. What God says goes and what God says is truth. And so, you know, we just, I love the word of God. And so Noah made a covenant. Noah didn't. God made a covenant with Noah, (laughs) should I say. And uh, we read about it in uh, Genesis 9, verse 12. And God said to to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future Generation. So that covenant is also with us. Now that covenant has been overtaken and the new covenant that we live in, uh, you know, is, is way, way bigger and better than that. But the promises God made in that still stand today. And this is what he said, I've set my bow in the cloud and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. I'll skip down to verse 16. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. So we know if we go way back into the beginning of Genesis that there was a mist that covered the earth and uh, there was no rain that fell. It was watered by a mist, etc., etc. And we believe that that probably stopped people getting sizzled by the sun like happens now. Um, Everything has changed after the flood. And uh, so there was no rain, there was no rainbows. 
because you can't get rainbows without rain, can you? Have you ever seen a bright sunny day in the world? There's a rainbow. It only comes when the mist and the rain and when the sun comes out again after the rain and the, the light shines. You know how it all happens. That's where rainbow came from. And it stands for something absolutely different than what it's said to stand for today. And every time I see the rainbow sign, I think of God's promise that he would never destroy the earth in a flood again. That's what it's about, okay? That's where we find it, way back in scripture. And you can't make it say something else. So it's not about what it's supposed to be about today. That's what it's about. So may I make another point? We've got to teach our children the word of God. That's, that's our primary mission field is our children. And uh, we've got to teach them because have you considered that these people who built the tower, totally rebellious against God, wicked things that were going on, probably into astrology and worshipping stars and, and gods that, you know. Uh, as I said, like Noah lived 950 years. He lived 600 years before the flood and he lived 350 years after the flood. So when one of Noah's kids said, have you met my old man? They were literally talking the truth, you know. They, he was an old man. And, uh, but a lot of these people, some of these people would have known him and they still do what they do. And so that's why God said, I know the human heart. I know what, when people do not believe and will not do, you know, what I ask them to do, there's, there's evil in the human heart. And uh, it only takes not hundreds of years, it only takes a couple of generations to completely lose it. And we need to be aware of that. And really, you know, our, it's why we teach children take them out and teach them what the word of God says in their you know young way of learning it but that is not the prime way it should be learned it should be at home with parents that's our that's our responsibility is not to bring them to church so the church can bring up our kids it's uh, not to take them to school so the school can teach them their morals and whatever that's for us to do so we really need to be careful in teaching and instructing our kids about what the word of God says. It doesn't take 350 years. It only takes a generation or two and it can be totally lost. So uh, we really need to be aware of that. It's very, very, very important. Got to teach our children. So another reason these people uh, built a tower or built a city with a tower, and I don't know whether the city was... Um, in, the, in the, the tower was in the city or it wasn't in the city. I mean, we don't really know. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I think uh, pictures, Bible picture stories sometimes uh, give us the wrong idea because they show this big plane and this big building that went right up through the clouds and you think, well, and so that's an artist's imagination. Um, what it was really like, I don't know. And I've seen the ark with the rudder and everything drawn. And so Noah wasn't there steering it, I'm telling you. It was just, uh, it was a holding. You understand what I mean, don't you, you know? And so sometimes the things that we see in pictures as little kids give us the wrong idea. And different ways the building was. I've seen it, big square blocks, and it went in and up. And Yeah, I don't know. It would have been hard work getting up and down. That's all I know. So... Um, crazy but one of the reasons was to make a name for themselves and they said that let's make a name for ourselves let's do something 
that people will think, wow, look what they did. Like, and that was one of the reasons they were doing it. And, and God did come down and have a look. Uh, we'll, we'll have a look at that but, um, uh, in a moment. But, uh, you know, I don't know. There's a desire in the human person to be something too, isn't there? I, I don't know. Like, did you grow up as a little girl or a little boy and think, oh, I don't want to be anything. I just don't care if I don't amount to anything. I'd be quite happy if just made nothing out of my life. We all want to be, we all want to do something, don't we? Is that, is that right to say that? I think that's right. I think there's something in all of us that, you know, we want to get married or we want to do this or we're going to do this. You talk to little kids, you know. And uh, remember what mine used to say they were going to do when they grew up. I remember, um, what's his name? Uh, 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 ben Dawson. Remember little Ben? Yeah. No, no, I won't, I won't, <laughs> I won't. What are you going to do when you grow up? I'm going to be a fireman. And I said, oh, yeah, and he was going to marry someone, but I won't say who that is. And uh, um, But all kids are like that, aren't we? We want to be, you know, and, and so there's a thing in the human heart. And, uh, you know, people want to be blessed. People, you know, there's a thing in the human heart for God, and it can either be put the right way or it can be put the wrong way you know it depends how, how the heart is and um, but uh, I think they're probably looking actually for purpose in life and if you're not if you're not following what God says well then where is purpose in life and it's you know it's not good um, there's not a lot of purpose in life without him and so I think that's what they were looking for and see true purpose really only comes in fulfillment and blessing when we follow God's call on our lives, whatever that may be. And that's where you get your fulfilment and your blessing from. And it doesn't mean you have to be a pastor or minister in the church. That's got little to do with it. Like um, being a husband and a wife and all that, you know, like that's our purpose. That's We want to be good at that. We want to do that well. We want to do what the Word of God says. And as we do what God's Word says, we find our, you know, our calling and our fulfilment and, and everything out of that. And I find it interesting in the very next chapter, chapter 12, it says, And the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And you know what Abram did? He didn't go somewhere and build himself a city. He saddled up his donkeys and his camels and he went and he did what God said and God did what he said he would do. Is that right? We still talk about Abram today. We talk about the faith the man had today. God blessed him and God multiplied him. And when we say yes to God, the same thing can happen to us. It might, might, might not be to get on our camels and go somewhere. I thank God we don't drive them around today. But, uh, uh, but when, we, when we are obedient to God, our purpose in life just gets fulfilled and there's blessing in that, as I say. And I see these rebellious people who say, we will not do what you say. We're not going to scatter through the earth. We will build a city and we will show you what we're going to do. And uh, you've got Abraham who didn't say, well, Lord, gee, that's a big one. Whoa, you know, like that's pretty hard. So can you show me where my water stops are going to be? I mean, I've got livestock and 
I don't want to lose them. So can you tell me, can you send me a map and show me which way to turn? Or I don't know how he knew where to go. God obviously directed him. Obviously came and spoke with him and, you know, like took him on a journey. And uh, he just said, I'll go. And he went. And look what happened. Look at the difference in the outcomes between the two. Never hear of those people since. And you still hear about Abraham today. And so you've got to understand that if we want a name for ourselves, we just need to serve God and let him worry about that. But our purpose in life will be fulfilled and we will find that when we follow God. I don't know how many points I've got here this morning, but um, although these people who built this city um, were rebellious and disobedient, there's a powerful principle going on here too, and it still exists today. It's called people power. You know what that is? Yeah, still exists today. And it works both for evil or for good. Doesn't doesn't make any which way it goes. But it's, um, what is it? Well, people power. It's a unity and commitment to a common purpose brought about by the power of communication. And, uh, you know, I think back, and I'm not honestly, sincerely, I am not, uh, knocking any race of people, but um, I know Adolf Hitler was a pretty evil man. But looking back and seeing some of the the uh, uh, movie footage of some of the big rallies and speeches, man, I get inspired myself. I don't know what he's saying, but obviously an inspirational man and inspired a nation. And it wasn't for good, it was for evil, but... Uh, the power of communica- communication is absolutely powerful. And when we've got unity behind a, a common cause, human people can do some pretty powerful things. And there have been some incredible things built, and, and both for good and bad, like uh, incredible things achieved. When people are united together, uh, it's amazing what they can't do. And... Um, like you look at, uh, and, and it was, you know, what these people achieved wasn't some puny little mud hut or whatever. It was big. It was good. It was, you know, as far as the standard of the day went, it was magnificent. And it says this, but the Lord came, this is in Genesis back in 11, verse 5, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. So imagine the potential of that. And, and this was evil. But he just said, yeah, well, if a group of people get together with a common purpose of one mind and set their focus on that, what's going to stop them? And uh, it can get evil and evil. and get... There's not such a word as eviler, is there? But I would have said that when I was young. It got eviler and eviler and eviler. Like it had the potential to do that. And, and God said, no, I can't allow this. And so, uh, you know, as a believer, and we believe the word of God and we unite in faith with the word of God, we can be very, very powerful united with the word. And when we unite as a church and there's a common purpose of reaching folk for Christ wherever, like the church can be extremely, extremely powerful. Amen? It can be. And that principle of unity, etc., 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 still goes on today. And it really, really is a very, very, very powerful thing. You read the, 
the first church. Everyone was filled with awe in Acts 2.43 at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and everything in common. In chapter 4, verse 32, all the believers were of one heart and one mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. They shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of Jesus and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. If there was disunity, it wouldn't have been so, but there was absolute uni and common, unity and common purpose in the church and uh, uh, that's how we need to be, okay? Unity, common purpose, but it is a very, very powerful position. And so we see other principles at work too as we read our way through scripture and we certainly see here God always, what God purposes always comes to pass. God's purposes, amen? It's a powerful, powerful, powerful principle. God's purposes always come to pass. I could put it in very day modern English, God always gets his way. And God never sits up there in heaven and thinking, oh, what am I going to do? I've asked Daryl to do this and he won't do it. I'm just stumped. I don't know what to do. Do you, do you think God's like that? God always gets his way, whether we like it or we. God, how did he stop them building the city? Change their language. So, Jack, could you go over there and grab us a shovel, mate? So, yeah. Imagine it going, oh, I was just speaking in tongues. I don't know how any other language. I did learn French. I did learn, I studied French yeah, at school. The only French words I can say are Johnny Famichon or Charles de Gaulle. There's another couple. <laughs> Not real good at French, and that's the only language I know is. Whatever I'm speaking in tongues, I don't know if it's an angel one or tongues of men, tongues of angels, but it would have been a funny thing, wouldn't it? Well, can anyone tell me what's wrong with him? What do you think? Like, what's got into everyone? Like, you know, I don't know whether they had bunch-ups or fights. It would have been amazing. I would love to be there. And so, uh, you know, what God purposes always comes about. What did God tell them to do? to get scattered, to get out of here, just go through all the earth and repopulate the earth. That's what God told them to do. What did they say? No. We're going to build a city and we're staying right on this spot here and we're going to show you what we're going to do. Who won? God. <laughs> Is that right? God won. And so uh, destroyed their language but, you know, like I can go all through scripture and show you Proverbs 19.21, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Isaiah chapter 14, uh, verses 24 and 27, the Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I have planned, so it will be, and as I have purposed, so it will happen. For the Lord Almighty has purposed, and who can thwart him? His hand is stretched out and who can turn it back? And the same can be said for the word of God. 55.11 of Isaiah, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire 
and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I don't need to say anything more to that, do I? God's purposes always prevail. And, you know, there's, there's plenty of places I can take you to the book of Psalms today and it talks about men making their plans and God laughing. And God's got a sense of humour. I, I think he had a really... Uh, you might have even taken a video of that day at the tower and probably replays it every now and again to have a laugh. I don't know. It would have been so funny. But, you know... I love when Louis Giglio preaches on how great is our God on that uh, that uh, series of messages about the stars and the uh, uh, you know the uh, the heavens and and uh, he says like we we got these little spacecraft we send up with these giant powerful cameras and able to you know send photos back to Earth and talks about how many million light years, et cetera, et cetera. And we've got way out to somewhere, I don't know where it is, and it's only about that far compared to about a billion miles. Like, we've gone nowhere. And he says, sometimes I think God's up there and saying, well, come on, build another camera. Show me what you can do. (laughs) Another galaxy just burst into life, and that's happening all the time. They're discovering new ones they never heard of yet. And uh, God is just so, so, so big. But the thing that really blesses me, really, really blesses me, is that uh, he shows himself strong, but he shows himself strong on my behalf. And he foreknew things would happen. He foreknew about my life. He knows what I need. He knows what the desires of my heart are. He knows what the desires of your heart is. Ah, I didn't do too good at English. You can see that, can't you? Yeah, praise God. He knows about us so intricately. But he's so powerful and so strong. And we can trust him with our lives. Amen. And if we're obedient as Abraham was, that's really all we've got to be. He works it out. Remember when he told Abraham, I want you to take your son, this promised son that you haven't got until you were 99 years old. I I want you to take him to a place that I'll show you and I want you to sacrifice him there for me, to me. And I can't believe this man. Like... I've always tried to be obedient to God and it's not always been easy. And I can't say today that I don't love earth moving. Man, I miss it. I loved it. Just loved it. But when God said, sell it and come here, I just did because I've got to be obedient. I can't not live it. I had to be. And I love what God's doing and I love what God's done in me. But... You know, it's not always easy, but can you imagine to be asked to do that? And I don't know how he got him out the house without Sarah kicking up a fair old stew. Imagine saying, where are you going, darling? Oh, just taking the boy. We're going to go up a mountain. God's going to show me. You're going to kill him. Oh, bless you. Yeah, God bless you. Have a good trip. Can you imagine that? I don't think so. (laughs) 
You might have had to put something in her tea, I think, to get her a bit quiet while he sneaked out of the house. I don't know how he did it, but, uh, but seriously. But my point is, he did it. He did what God asked him to do. doesn't matter how hard it was. When he did what God asked him to do, what always followed was blessing. Always. After, after obedience, there came blessing. And that is the real key to what I'm saying that this morning. What they did, we don't even really know what they did. We sort of know roughly perhaps where it may have been. Uh, geologists still argue about where it was and they find ruins and different things buried all over the earth. No one knows exactly where it was. Who cares? But we always know what God did, don't we? And uh, I just want to encourage you to trust him this morning. And you can just see how the word so fits together. God foreknew. God had mercy and grace on humanity and said, I'm not going to destroy them again. I'm going to do it different. That's because he's got a merciful heart. It's because he's full of grace. Seriously. Ever changed your mind? Ever changed your mind with your kids? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Will you be angry if I tell you what I did? Nah, just tell me. What? You did that? You've got to be joking, man. You said you wouldn't get out. Well, I didn't know how bad it was. Like, I just am very human at times. <laughs> yeah. I've ruined Stacy's life, apparently. She's very damaged intellectually and emotionally from from uh, threatening to go out to the truck and get rope and tie her in a chair until she finished her tea. I, I did, I did that because she just, yeah, you've got to eat it. So she's eating it. And the phone rings and when I get back, where's she gone? Get her back again. One of the others asked me a question. You turn back and just sit in your chair and stay there until you finish. Or I, I mean, poor man, what was I going to do? I just, I'll get some rope out. She said she's still, I was out there not so long ago and she was trying to feed this little child who was disappearing. And, oh, where's it gone? I said, <laughs> don't say it, she said, don't say it. But we, we, we're like that, but God is not like that. Amen. God keeps his word. He's merciful, he's full of grace, and we can so trust him. Oh, praise God. Oh, Jesus. Holy Spirit, just move on every heart, every life right now, I pray. Right now, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It's just, can I just pray today, uh, and I'm happy to open the altar if you need prayer for healing and whatever today, anything at all, if you, if you feel you need to come, I'm, I'm happy to pray. But who needs God to do something for them right now? Can I just, but you don't have to tell me what, just, I just want to know that what you, you need God right now and and I just want to pray for that today. Who struggles with obedience? Who's struggling at the moment thinking, God, that's too hard. I don't know if I can obey that. 
Is there anyone today that's just struggling with that? Yeah, see the hand. See the hand. See the hands. And it's a hard place to be, I know that. But folks, I just pray, I just want to pray for courage for you this morning. I want to pray for wisdom for you this morning. Because one thing I do know, that God's as good as his word. If God said it, God will do it. If God said it. Yeah. Lord, I just pray for those that raised hands this morning. Lord, give them courage to to be obedient to what you're calling them to do. And Lord, that may even be something you're calling them to be, not do, but to be. Because Lord, you want to change us. You want to work in our hearts. You want to do great things in us. Lord, you want to change us to be more and more like you. And Lord, sometimes that just means being obedient and submitting to what you're wanting to do. And Lord, for those facing that one this morning, I just pray courage, Lord, but obedience for them today. Lord, for those that are just doing it tough, for those that need physical healing and it's been an ongoing thing, Lord, and, uh, and they've seen improvements and backwards and forwards. And Lord, I just pray that yeah, they would see completeness of the healing that's been begun in their lives. They would see completeness today. Oh God, in every type of illness. Lord, for those today that may suffer any kind of mental illness sort of condition of whatever they may be, Lord, I just pray that you would begin an amazing work in their lives right now today that you would begin a work today, Lord, that would see them healed and changed and become so stable that they never, ever go back. Lord, I pray for miracles today for folks that need those. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. While your eyes are closed, I don't know. Is there anyone today that's never given their life to Christ? That's where life starts, folks. That's where it starts. If there is anyone today, just put your hand up so I can see it and I'll I'll catch up with you after. Just give an opportunity. Just give an opportunity today. Who thinks God's an amazing God? Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Believe his word. Believe his word. Moses wrote the book of Genesis. He wrote the first five books. And you go through the New Testament and tell me how many times Jesus referred back to Moses. What did Moses say? What did Moses tell you to do? Jesus believed what Moses wrote. You've been listening to Life Church Podcasts. For more information, head to lifechurchbanella.com.au.